Section 17 of the Book of Ser Marco Polo, the Venetian, Concerning the Kingdoms and Marvels of the East, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dave Gillespie. Chapter 36. Concerning the Province of Aden. You must know that in the province of Aden there is a prince who is called the Soldan. The people are all Saracens and adorers of Mahomet and have a great hatred of Christians. There are many towns and villages in the country. This Aden is the port to which many of the ships of India come with their cargoes, and from this haven the merchants carry the goods a distance of seven days further in small vessels. At the end of those seven days, they land the goods and load them on camels and so carry them a land journey of thirty days. This brings them to the river of Alexandria, and by it they descend to the latter city. It is by this way through Aden that the Saracens of Alexandria receive all their stores of pepper and other spicery, and there is no other route equally good and convenient by which these goods could reach that place. And you must know that the Soldan of Aden receives a large amount in duties from the ships that traffic between India and his country, importing different kinds of goods. And from the exports also he gets a revenue, for there are dispatched from the port of Aden to India a very large number of Arab chargers and palfreys and stout nags adapted for all work, which are a source of great profit to those who export them. For horses fetch very high prices in India, there being none bred there, as I have told you before, insomuch that a charger will sell there for one hundred marks of silver and more. On these also the Sultan of Aden receives heavy payments in port charges, so that tis said he is one of the richest princes in the world. And it is a fact that when the Sultan of Babylon went against the city of Acre and took it, this Sultan of Aden sent to his assistance thirty thousand horsemen and a full forty thousand camels to the great help of the Saracens and the grievous injury of the Christians. He did this a great deal more for the hate he bears the Christians than for any love he bears the Sultan of Babylon, for these two do hate one another heartily. Now, we will have done with the Sultan of Aden, and I will tell you of a city which is subject to Aden, called Esher. End of chapter 36. Chapter 37. Concerning the city of Esher. Esher is a great city lying in a northwesterly direction from the last, and four hundred miles distant from the port of Aden. It has a king who is subject to the Sultan of Aden. He has a number of towns and villages under him, and administers his territory well and justly. The people are Saracens. The place has a very good haven, wherefore many ships from India come thither with various cargoes, and they export many good chargers thence to India. A great deal of white incense grows in this country, and brings in a great revenue to the prince, for no one dares sell it to anyone else. And whilst he takes it from the people, 
at ten livres of gold for the hundredweight, he sells it to the merchants at sixty livres, so his profit is immense. Dates also grow very abundantly here. The people have no corn but rice, and very little of that, but plenty is brought from abroad, for it sells here at a good profit. They have fish in great profusion, and notably plenty of tunny of large size, so plentiful indeed that you may buy two big ones for a Venice groat of silver. The natives live on meat and rice and fish. They have no wine of the vine, but they make good wine from sugar, from rice, and from dates also. And I must tell you another very strange thing. You must know that their sheep have no ears, but where the ear ought to be they have a little horn. They are pretty little beasts. And I must not omit to tell you that all their cattle, including horses, oxen, and camels, live upon small fish, and naught besides, for tis all they get to eat. You see, in all this country there is no grass or forage of any kind. It is the driest country on the face of the earth. The fish which are given to the cattle are very small, and during March, April, and May are caught in such quantities as would astonish you. They are then dried and stored, and the beasts are fed on them from year's end to year's end. The cattle will also readily eat these fish all alive and just out of the water. The people here have likewise many other kinds of fish of large size and good quality, exceedingly cheap. These they cut in pieces of about a pound each and dry them in the sun and then store them and eat them all the year through like so much biscuit. End of chapter 37 Chapter 38 Concerning the city of Dufar. Dufar is a great and noble and fine city and lies 500 miles to the northwest of Esher. The people are Saracens and have a count for their chief, who is subject to the Sultan of Aden. For this city still belongs to the province of Aden. It stands upon the sea and has a very good haven, so that there is a great traffic of shipping between this and India, and the merchants take hence great numbers of Arab horses to that market, making great profits thereby. The city has under it many other towns and villages. Much white incense is produced here, and I will tell you how it grows. The trees are like small fir trees. These are notched with a knife in several places, and from these notches the incense is exuded. Sometimes also it flows from the tree without any notch. This is by reason of the great heat of the sun there. End of chapter 38. Chapter 39. Concerning the Gulf of Kalatu and the city so-called. Kalatu is a great city within a gulf which bears the name of the Gulf of Kalatu. It is a noble city and lies 600 miles from Dufar toward the northwest upon the seashore. The people are Saracens and are subject to Hormos. And whenever the Melek of Hormos is at war with some prince more potent than himself, he betakes himself to this city of Kalatu because it is very strong, both from its position and its fortifications. They grow no corn here, but get it from abroad, for every merchant vessel that comes brings some. The haven is very large and good, and is frequented by numerous ships with goods from India. 
and from this city the spices and other merchandise are distributed among the cities and towns of the interior. They also export many good Arab horses from this to India, for, as I have told you before, the number of horses exported from this and the other cities to India yearly is something astonishing. One reason is that no horses are bred there, and another that they die as soon as they get there, through ignorant handling. For the people there do not know how to take care of them, and they feed the horses with cooked victuals and all sorts of trash, as I have told you fully heretofore, and besides all that, they have no farriers. This city of Calatu stands at the mouth of the gulf, so that no ship can enter or go forth without the will of the chief. And when the Melech of Hormos, who is Melech of Calatu also, and is vassal to the Sultan of Kerman, fears anything at the hand of the latter, he gets on board his ships and comes from Hormos to Calatu. And then he prevents any ship from entering the gulf. This causes great injury to the Sultan of Kerman, for he thus loses all the duties that he is wont to receive from merchants frequenting his territories from India or elsewhere. For ships with cargoes of merchandise come in great numbers, and a very large revenue is derived from them. In this way, he is constrained to give way to the demands of the Melek of Hormos. This Melek also has a castle, which is still stronger than the city, and has a better command of the entry to the gulf. The people of this country live on dates and salt fish, which they have in great abundance. The nobles, however, have better fare. There is no more to say on the subject, so now let us go and speak of the city of Hormos, of which we told you before. End of chapter 39. Chapter 40. Returns to the city of Hormos, whereof we spoke formerly. When you leave the city of Calatu and go for 300 miles between northwest and north, you come to the city of Hormos, a great and noble city on the sea. It has a melech, which is as much to say a king, and he is under the Sultan of Kerman. There are a good many cities and towns belonging to Hormos, and the people are Saracens. The heat is tremendous, and on that account their houses are built with ventilators to catch the wind. These ventilators are placed on the side from which the wind comes, and they bring the wind down into the house to cool it. But for this, the heat would be utterly unbearable. I shall say no more about these places, because I formerly told you in regular order all about this same city of Hormos, and about Kermin as well. But as we took one way to go, and another to come back, it was proper that we should bring you a second time to this point. Now, however, we will quit this part of the world and tell you about Great Turkey. First, however, there is a point that I have omitted, to wit, that when you leave the city of Calatu and go between west and northwest, a distance of 500 miles, you come to the city of Kis. Of that, however, we shall say no more now, but pass it with this brief mention and return to the subject of Great Turkey which you shall now hear. End of chapter 40. End of section 17.